Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Two seconds. If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punchlist MMA Podcast. It's your boy, Dale Lippin, in here with Trey Van Buskirt. I am so hyped. I can't stand it right now. Dude, I'm busting at the seams here, bro. How are you? I would be, too, if I was flying high. Dude, I'm I'm going to quote the late, great Destiny Child, dude. Mm. Can you pay my bills? Oh, is that a song? Well, dude, can you pay my bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? Can you pay my automobiles? Can you pay my bills? You don't know that song? I thought it was just I'm a survivor, like one hit wonder. No, oh, that's a de- no, no, that's a good one too. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's it, dude. I'm a survivor. You know, I've been beaten, dragged through the mud. I've had some, uh, I've been at a low point this entire week. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I've just been playing you, playa. Well, you've been playing me? You're playing possum, dude. I'm doing the long con, bro. Like I'm gonna it. lose as much money as I can, right? And then just come back with vengeance, right? Because that will rip my heart out the most. Is when uh, I yes. think victory is oh so close, and you're just gonna snatch it away from me, yeah. right? Yeah. So Excellent. Those, those carefully chosen bets last week, all part of the plan, bro. Gotcha. All part of the plan. Gotcha. I, I listen. I understand. So I was going into this episode thinking that things were foobar, <laughs> like you were done. No. No. no, I've only just begun. Excellent. Man, I'm so excited. You know, in fact, I'm switching it up. I'm just not Fubar anymore. It's Hubar. You know why it's Hubar, man? You know what's, why? What's Hubar? Hubar is hyped up beyond all reproach. And you know why I'm Hubar? Dude, you're that guy that says B-R-B-T-T-Y-L for That's sure. That's right. <laughs> Do you know why I'm Hubar? Why are you Hubar? Because John Anik said he's going to come on our show. I know. Dude, oh, this is what you do. Oh, Trey's going on vacation? Let me just fucking get a whale in here, dude. <laughs> so those of you that are not aware of what happened today, <laughs> this is what happened. God. So Trey told me that he's getting a last-second little soiree vacation, him and the wife, Kids are jetting off, trend setting, you know, woo, jet setting to Hawaii while the rest of us have to suffer in silence here in the continental United States. You're going to go to a tropical paradise. Yeah. So I thought to myself, what am I going to do? And you said, well, you're flying solo. You don't get a co-host for this episode because I'm going to be in Hawaii slamming my ties and surfing some gnarly. What do you do? You surf, you shred in some waves or whatever it is that you do because <laughs> I don't surf because I don't understand the ocean. So. <laughs> That's what you decided you were going to do, and you were going to leave me abandoned here. So I said, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start an initiative, and I'm going to go after John Anik. What I did was I crafted a little video. 
much how I feel about John Anik, man. He is my pod, not my podcasting, but almost my broadcasting dad. When I see somebody who I aspire to be like, John Anik is the man. So we crafted a little video with your permission. I posted it on the social media channel and I recruited the punch list faithful to go after Mr. Anik. And within the hour, Trey, within the hour, John Anik agreed to come on our show. I cannot express to you how excited I am. You know me and you, you know my wife. My wife is recovering from a gruesome hand injury. injury. Mm-hmm. Um, in my excitement, I yelled hi you know, you know, whatever, asked for a high five. She went to give it to me and I crushed her recently surgically reconstructed hand like an idiot baboon that I am completely forgetting that her hand had just been molded by the, by the gods back into a normal looking hand. And I just completely just smashed it. That's how excited I was. John Annex coming on the show. Well, dude, that's a huge testament to those that listen to this podcast. Cause Dale put that video out and said, everyone tag Annex. Tag Anik, and literally it was like a tidal wave, just bum, 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 and then a quick "I'm in." I'm in. And it's done. That's and it. To be honest, dude, I thought you were the stupid one because I was like, "Look at me! I'm gonna be kicking it on some lounge chairs." Got that my time. I'm gonna get every drink with a back scratcher. If it doesn't come with a back scratcher, I send it back, dude. Yeah. I send it back. Right. I was gonna be kicking it, being like, "Dale's gonna suffer on Monday all alone, trying to laugh at his own jokes," and then you you reel in Anik, dude. I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. So what we what we promised was is that we were going to pick somebody that tagged Anik in the comments, and we were going to give him a Sixer, a Modelo, and then we were going to pick another person, and we were going to give him some P3, the official protein snack of the UFC, right? That was the plan. That's what we were going to give somebody with. But because the response was so great, you know what I think? Huh. I think that we take everybody that put a comment in, and we give them either a Modelo, or a P3 protein snack. Why why are you pushing P3, dude? This is... Because it's the official protein snack of the the UFC. I know, but is anyone really going to be psyched to get a Lunchable? It doesn't matter. It's the official protein snack of the P3. (laughs) And Modelo is brewed for those with a fighting spirit. John Anik would be upset with you, the fact that you're bashing P3. So everybody that's in the comment section of that post, I already took some screenshots. You need to shoot us a DM. So I can get your Venmo and we can mm-hmm. make that Modelo slash P3 happen. I love it. I love it. So we were going to reward one person, but we're going to reward everybody. Yeah, that's right. Everybody. You get Modelo. You get Modelo. You get Modelo. I get fun. Man, I'm fired up, bro. I'm fired up. <laughs> you're just slanging some of those cheap crackers and salami to everyone. You're like, you get a fucking P3. You get a, some cheap cheese. You're you get, some, you it, get some almonds. You get some Colby Jack cubes. <laughs> everybody gets it, bro. Everybody. Yeah. But you know what's not cheap meat, Trey? That was a good segue. Stay classy meats. If you go to Stay Classy Meats, you can get the best meat on the planet Earth delivered directly to your door from the fields of Montana. These animals are out there living their best life the way the good Lord intended. Then, bam, it's time to end up on a dinner table. You can get buffalo. You can get bison. You can elk. You can get turkey. You can get chicken. They had duck. They got prime rib. They got everything. And they deliver directly to your door. Or you use promo code FIST. You save 10% on the whole thing. It's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. I've never been more excited. Oh, I'm so pumped up, man. I'm out of breath doing promos for me ad reads. That's I how know. excited I am. I freaking love John Anik, man. I'm so excited. If he doesn't come on my, sh- if he doesn't come on the show, I, I'm going to come on here that Tuesday. Tuesday, March second is the, sh- the show we're going to have. Try to have John Anik on. If John Anik is not on here Tuesday, March second, you're going to get an hour of me crying on camera for the podcast. That's what you get. 
So originally when we talked to uh, Allegiance Clothing, I said, hey, send me some mediums, bro, because I'm going to get back into fight shape. I'm going to do yep. some jiu-jitsu tournaments. I'm going to get in shape. Yeah. I'm currently wearing a medium right now, and I'm going to be honest. With their tailored fit and wearing a medium, shouldn't be wearing a medium right now. The excitement, though, that you're bringing onto the show, I want to bust out of the shirt, and I feel like it's fully possible, but the butter blend breathes, mm -hmm. dude. Mm -hmm. The butter blend expands, mm -hmm. so I can't. So I look amazing. Um, it's got that tailored cut. It's sucking in these titties that I'm just floating around when I'm going on my runs lately. Doesn't matter, man. Embrace your titties. I want to embrace them. I'm going to show them off to the world under what's the greatest garment in Allegiance clothing. Guys, if you want to look this hot right now and be this out of shape but still look like a stud, go to allegianceclothing.com, type in the code PUNCH, and that is going to get you 15% off site wide. I think, dude, I really think your arms look good in that shirt, by the way. It's got the, ni it's got the nice little cut to it. You look good. Thanks, man. Thanks. The mic's kind of covering the the – the, bo the bosoms, would Bro, you say? It, so here's the thing, right? So you're worried about your bosoms. I have what's called like permanently hard nipples. It doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> I, and we, you and I have talked about my nipples before. Yeah, my have. nipples are hard year round. Mm -hmm. Does not matter. Nope. It doesn't matter. If, it doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees outside. doesn't matter if it's 100 below outside. Your boy, I'm cutting through t-shirts. So I need t-shirts that are, that are stick, like just they're able to handle the wear and tear having my boys cut them up all day long. So I, I, I get it, man. It's all right. I just want to okay, take you man. to Hawaii with me, man. Maybe with those nipples, you cut some shave ice, dude. And then dude, I would, bro, I, literally, I would, I would freaking engrave your initials on a coconut drink with my nipples, bro. <laughs> Ooh, They'd be like, who's drinks whose? I'd be like, that's Trey's. How do you know? <laughs> Cause Dale engraved his nip, his name <laughs> on the coconut. So oh, man, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much nipple talk for one episode. Let's get into this thing. The main card, we lost a fight. Uh, Jimmy Rivera versus uh, Pedro Munoz got pulled off. That's all right. Looks like Andre Yule and Chris Gutierrez are going to get that pay-per-view bump. Mm. Not the fight I would have picked, but anyway, that's what they're going to do. At least that's what it seems like now. So let's start with the first fight on the main card. Julian Marquez taking on your boy, the fly, uh, another Hawaiian, Maki Patolo. Mm. Marquez minus one fifty seven, Maki Patolo plus one thirty seven. Over under on rounds is at one and a half. I heard just a rumor now. I've heard that Julian Marquez is actually a pretty good fighter. What do you think? I've heard. Um, yeah, we saw that two years ago. That's what I heard. I, I heard two years ago he was a potential contender, a beast with the complete package. I've heard. Now, I, I dude, I don't know. A lot's changed in two years. Do you think he can put it all together against your boy Coconut Bombs uh, on Saturday night? Um, what we saw back in 2018 is a guy. He's a guy that kind of cuts off the angles of the cage, which mm -hmm. I like. I always mm -hmm. like that overt aggression. Mm -hmm. The problem is he's kind of one of those guys that he overthinks his shots. He likes to kind of go like this and then just wait versus just go. Mm -hmm. okay. And the people that are patient like that, and that cut off the cage are susceptible to what that counter is or what anything, anything that's going to come their way. So he might get picked apart right away. Mm. I think, especially with the two year off layoff, he's going to get hit a couple times and hopefully that's going to trigger something in him. He's going to say, okay, not only am I going to cut off the cage here, but I got to let my hands go a little bit. But Tolo though, Man, dude, I've been down on him ever since he lost to Darren Stewart. Um, I think, you know, we were heavy on Patolo for a second thinking that Hawaii pride right there, but I think Marquez has a win over, over Darren Stewart. He does. Not. Yep. He he does. Hit, him with, hit him with the old front choke. The front choke. It's a hard yeah. one to get. I just haven't been high on Patola. I've been high on the Hawaiians actually this go around um, once we got a restart. But 
Atolo, man, I, his gas tank went in that Darren Stewart fight pretty quickly in the second round. Unless he's gotten his cardio up and he's going to bite down on that mouthpiece and really start to engage and be first with Marquez, I'm liking Marquez, but I don't really like this fight given the layoff. Yeah, it's a, it, there, there's two sides of this coin for me, man, because part of me believes that what Dom Cruz says is that ring rust isn't real, and the other part of me sympathizes with Conor McGregor a little bit and that in a, a game like this, a sport like this, you have yeah. to remain active to make the adjustments. And there's something about, even though he's lost his last two fights to both uh, Impa and Darren mm. Stewart, there's something to be said about the activity of Maki Patolo. He yeah. has been much more active than William Marquez. Uh, so here's the thing, right? I would like to go with Marquez here. I think that when push comes to shove, if these guys were to fight 10 times, I would venture a guess to say that perhaps Marquez wins six out of 10 times. And because of that, I'm going to go ahead and take Marquez on, uh, on Saturday night. I love it. I love it. So that's where my money will lie. Mm. All right. Let's keep things moving right along. Andre Yule, like I said, taking on Chris Gutierrez. This fight got the bump up and it's a last second step in here for Chris Gutierrez. 15-3-2 and two for Mr. Gutierrez, El Wapo, which I, I don't like that because, in my opinion, there's only one El Wapo. We're taking on Andre Yule. Uh, Andre Yule is sitting at 17-6 and six here. He is the underdog against Chris Gutierrez here. He's coming back at minus 150. No over-under on rounds yet. They're still trying to figure out what they want to do with this fight. I'm guessing it's going to be two and a half, though. Ah, man. I'm not a Yule fan. I said this last week. I'm not, I have never been a Yule fan. I think Gutierrez is going to be someone who is susceptible to getting into that brawling mentality where I feel like Yule is going to be a little bit more the technical striker. Um, dude, Yule's haircut, man. I just can't, he looks like Mickey mouse, bro. Well, I mean, he, he, he puts it up like that. So it's not, I mean, if if it were, if he were to put some relax in in it, it would probably not sit like Mm -hmm. that, but he puts it like that. So we're, you're, you're going against Yule just based on his haircut. Is that what we're going with here? Oh boy, dude! I am going Yule, dude. Dude, you really tried to hit me with a Mickey Mouse here. <laughs> I did, dude. I just threw a hard M. That was a weird Mickey Mouse, though. What? That was good, oh dude. boy! <laughs> That's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh, that was legit. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Go <laughs> down there, Walt. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying. I got some Mickey Mouse Clubhouse reps in. That's all I'm saying. All right, <laughs> God, dude. That was wow. That was organic. I feel <laughs> like you were yawning. You didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I'm just saying. It wasn't even me. Uh, that was my ventriloquism <laughs> side hustle that showed up there. Uh, uh, so anyway, listen. This is a fight where I think styles make the fight, right? Andre Yule is he's a boxer through and through, and he's got that heavy front leg boxing stance. El Wapo, Chris Gutierrez, is one of the first guys that have really implemented and done so successfully the calf kick. So mm-hmm. what we saw with the Poirier-Connor fight, this is now the second time I've mentioned in Connor, is the precursor to what Gutierrez needs to do to win this fight. He needs to beat up that front leg of Yule. He needs to cut off Andre's ability to close the distance in a hurry. He stands really heavy on that front foot. Mm. I think the kicks of Gutierrez are going to be the difference maker here as long as he's effective in doing so. Here's the problem with Gutierrez. He fights like James Vick in the sense that he keeps his chin sky high. Every exchange, he exit with his chin up. He doesn't move his head off the center line. He comes in, hands down, head center, and exchanges and gets out. If Yule can take advantage of his boxing, which has gotten incrementally better, um, he can knock Gutierrez out here. I really think that that's a viable option for Yule. I think he can knock Gutierrez out because the chin will be there to hit, but he has to be able to do so before that lead leg gets too chewed up and he can't chase him down. 
realistically, smart money says Gutierrez beats up the lead leg, wins the fight by unanimous decision because Ewell can't move around the cage. But there might be something worth sprinkling on Andre Ewell by knockout because I believe this is going to come in at two and a half, and Vegas is probably going to be all over the minus side for the over two and a half. Andre Ewell by knockout is pretty decent. Chris Gutierrez has got a couple subs on his record. That's also a viable option here. But I like Ewell by knockout. I like Gutierrez at the money line or by decision. I think that that's also viable options here. Okay. I love St- it. Styles make fights. Look out for the leg kicks and the straight punches. The, le- the leg kicks of Gutierrez and the straight right down the pipe mm, on a piston by Andre Ewell. Those are the difference makers. Those are the weapons of note come Saturday night. That's legit. I hope people like take note of the calf kicks after after the Connor fight, though. They're kind of like, okay, holy shit, I don't want that to happen to me. I don't well, there's know. been a lot. I mean, listen, Poirier is not the first one that's been doing the the calf kicks. They've been around for you know probably the better half of a year now, where people have been doing them. But that that's the most high profile execution yeah. of them that we've seen. All right, Ian the Hurricane Heinish at fourteen and three, taking on Kelvin Gastelum at sixteen and six. This is an interesting fight for me here, Trey. Uh, and I'll get into it here in a second. But before we do all that, Ian Heinish is at a plus 190. Kelvin Gastelum, minus 225. Overrunner rounds is two and a half. This is a must-win fight, and I cannot express this enough. Must-win fight for Kelvin Gastelum. He has got to win this fight. It's shocking, dude. It's like, what happens? We go back to 2019. He fights Izzy in what's arguably the fight of the year. Mm-hmm. Um Ever since that, dude, he just hasn't come back to form. And maybe that was, you know, COVID. You know, if you if you go back and watch the first embedded video they just put out and you see what his training regimen is, he was a guy that was like, and I'm not saying don't be scared of COVID, but he was fully fucking scared of COVID. He was a guy that was training in his garage. He was literally doing everything he could to stay away from the gym. And I don't think you're getting the same type of reps. You're not getting the same type of looks when you're not with your team and you're not pushing yourself to that brink of where you need to be for fight day. Gastelum's that guy though. He's a southpaw. And what do you always got to look out for? You got to look for that patent, you know, left hook that just can freaking take you on the side of the chin and take you down. I I like Heinish in this for a certain piece and the fact that I think he's going to be the more hyper aggressive fighter in there. And while you know Kelvin can wrestle, so can Heinish. Heinish is going to be in and out, in and out, in your face, hyper aggressive. Uh, I just don't like the trajectory or actually the erosion of where we're starting to see mm. Gaston. I don't think he's going to get back to where he was. And I think that someone that's going to be more in your face, hyperactive like that. And, and Heinish, who trains in one of the best teams, I think in the United States, that's going to be a tall task. It took three fights, but you finally hit me with an erosion. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate see, that about you. like three cards, bro. No, 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 no. Last episode, you hit me with an erosion too, but it was later on mm. in, in the episode. It's all right. It's Dang. all right. Well, it's a, listen, it's your word. Use it. Use it's the it. Biggest word I know, so I'm going to use it. Pinky's up. What are you drinking right now? Is that a little is that a little cabernet? What is that? Well, yeah, first of all, <laughs> this is why the live stream is so important, guys. Oh. This is why it's so important. First of all, what is that glass? And what did you find that in a real store? <laughs> and then it, second of all, what is in that? It's 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 wine. I'm going wine tonight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Again, okay. I'm trying to get in shape, bro. Oh, okay. So I didn't have a chance to work out today. Okay. Hence the wine. Okay. So what that so that's a wine glass. Uh no, this is actually meant for a candle. Could not find the wine glasses. Found a candle. So you're drinking wine out of something meant to hold a candle. Bit of beeswax off the notes. Okay. What kind of what, what kind of red is that? Is that a full-bodied red? Is that a dry? What is that? A mix. A mix, okay. All right. It's red. Okay. 
is that from your winery that your family owns your vineyard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the grapes. Yeah. A family decided not to make grape juice tonight. They made actual wine. I like this. I like this a lot. I'm going to go ahead and throw this comment up real quick. Um, just <laughs> the it the hurts. comment says like the erosion of Trey's betting account. Ooh, oh man, that's rough. God, that's rough. Cuts People, deep, dude. Like an two thousand song right there. Yeah, it is. All right. Speaking of cutting deep, let's talk about weight cuts for Kelvin Gaslam. One, yes. you know he's not at welterweight, welterweight anymore. He's got to fight at middleweight because Dana won't let him try to make that weight cut to one seventy. He's had even a harder time. He's had a hard time, arguably at one eighty five as well. It's a very tough thing for Kelvin Gaslam, for whatever reason, to come in in some sort of semblance of shape. It's like if you give him the number, he'll miss it. But if you were to just randomly, you saw to stop in style and weigh him, he's probably pretty close to where he needs to be. It's just something about the mental aspect of it. Now, Kelvin Gaslam, and I say he needs to win this fight for a reason. He's lost three in a row, so that's reason number one. Uh, reason number two is, is that Ian Heinish is the level of fighter that we need to determine whether or not Kelvin Gastelum is good anymore. If mm. he can beat Ian Heinish, he's still a good fighter. He might arguably even be a great fighter. But if he loses to Ian Heinish, he is back in the pack of obscurity as far as middleweights are concerned. Now, I say that with respect to Kelvin Gastelum and Ian Heinish because there's nothing wrong with being a middle-of-the-road UFC fighter, right? A lot of guys... Like another guy we're going to talk about later on tonight, Jim Miller, have mm. been in the UFC for 30 fights mm -hmm. because they win two, they drop one. They win three, they drop three. If you just, you can stay relevant and make a ton of money fighting in the UFC, if you're good, you don't necessarily have to be great. I get it. So I think, honestly... And, you know, maybe maybe some people resonate with this or not. I think Kelvin Gastelum peaked at the Izzy fight. I think that is the apex of Kelvin Gastelum. Everything else that has come post-Izzy is a more accurate metric of where Kelvin Gastelum's at. He is not somebody that I see getting any better. He's not necessarily anybody that I see getting any worse. He's just sitting where he always was. And the problem is, is the game is moving on without him. And he's everything's catching up. So my problem in betting Kelvin Gastelum in this fight, because we want to look at this from an analytic perspective, is Kelvin Gastelum is not very active. He doesn't throw a lot of punches. He's a counter puncher. He likes to circle and move in front of you, but he likes to counter what you do. Ian Heinish, on the other hand, is a bull in a china shop, and the mm -hmm. china shop is the size of the apex cage. Kelvin Gastelum is not going to get to move around and cut off the cage from Ian Heinish and circle him because Ian Heinish is going to rush him. And what we have seen and what we have not been taking into account accurately is the apex cage and its size. Right. The last few events we have seen that the apex favors the grappler. It, yep. favor, it favors the bully. It favors the physically stronger man. And I think that's going to be Ian Heinish. This is for me, Heinish or pass. Play him at plus 190 or avoid this fight altogether. I think if these guys fight 10 times, I definitely think Ian Heinish probably wins five out of the 10, maybe even six out of the 10 times, given what we've seen out of Kelvin Gaslam. I think Ian Heinish can get it done on Saturday night. I play Ian Heinish or I don't play anything at all. And spoiler alert, Ian Heinish will be on my slip come Friday night. Mm. Ian Heinz has been taken down 14 times in his UFC career. To Perfect. your point, with the Apex Cage, there you go. 
Kelvin Gaslam uh, is not going to wrestle Ian Heinish on Saturday. No, no, he's going to stand. That's the that's the one vulnerability that he does have, but he's not going to exploit it. So he's going to end up standing, and you get that hyper aggressive bully type fighter in yeah. there. Absolutely, I will say this. Really funny. Go to that embedded episode. Though. I was laughing so hard. So after he comes back in the gym, mm-hmm. he cooks himself an egg, and he's sitting at his at his uh, kitchen table, and he puts his phone out. And he leans it up against his his water or whatever to watch like a episode of or watch like some fight statistics or like that. Yeah. You think like the embedded would be like, oh, he's like you know analyzing the fight. No, he's watching the office. That's good. That's what you need, though. You got to keep it light. You got to be. Who's no, your favorite? Who's your favorite character from the office? Uh, Toby. Toby is your. <laughs> Dude, he's the best. He just he never gets a fair shake, man. He's just. He's just doing his job. In He's the Scranton Strangler. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. no. Yes, he is. Nah, that's, that's, Dude. A, that's a farce. I, I wholeheartedly thought you were going to say Todd Packer was your favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. You strike me as a Todd Packer guy. Golly, <laughs> man. I am blown away here. Toby, really? Some chicken, some sex, dude. Yeah. Oh, my I gosh. All right. Co-main event of the evening. Macy Barber at 8-1, taking on Alexa Grosso at 12-3. and three. Oh, man. Macy Barber plus 106. Alexa Grosso at minus 126. Over, under on rounds is at two and a half. Um, it started out the other way around. It started out Macy Barber as the favorite. Uh, and this line flip-flopped. I imagine it'll get close to probably pick them come fight night. Uh, so take your pick here, man. Macy Barber is the future back is the future most definitely now, or is it the, uh, Alexa Grasso time? Dude, this is, I was so worried that Barber was going to be an overwhelming favorite in this fight, not justified in the slightest. Mm -hmm. What has she proven? What has she done? I don't care what people say her ACL injury that she, she got with Roxanne Mataferi that did not happen till later. It was like the first round. Dude, it happened like towards the end of the first round. She wants to make it sound like it happened on the first like calf kick. It did not. It was later. She was getting picked apart by someone who's got a way better fight IQ, who's way more technically sound. People mm. like the the Macy Barbers because she's a bully. She's and okay, let's go to the, the Apex Cage. Sure, that would help out here. Alexa Grasso is going to come in with the better striking, not the heavier striking. She's going to come in with the more technically sound striking. I think she can start to pick apart Macy. If she can put that volume out there and kind of pepper and move around, use good footwork, Macy's going to get frustrated coming off a layoff. She wants to go back to being in the future. She's going to be looking for a dominating finish. And that's where just those overhand rights and that just craziness is just going to leave herself to just keep getting picked apart. Frustration is going to come in and she's not going to get this thing done. Do I think this thing's going to go the full three rounds? Absolutely. Do I think Alexa Grasso can get this thing done under three rounds? Absolutely not. I see points, points, points. I'm hammering the over on this fight, as you should in any women's fight. But Alexa Grasso should and can get this done. I want Macy Barber back in the LFA. So that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, given a full-size octagon, I'm – Big one of the biggest plays on of the night I make on Alexa Grasso. If it's a full size octagon, for many of the reasons that you talked about, I believe that her footwork is superior. I believe that she has made the the improvements to her boxing uh, in a more traditional sense. I believe that she would be able to piece up Macy Barber over the course of three rounds. I think that that's absolutely something that would happen in a full size octagon. What gives me pause mm. is the power of Macy Barber and the size of the cage. You know, normally. 
again, there, there's something to be said about, about the apex or something to be said about the crowd. There's something to be said, uh, you know, about this new, I, I don't know where we're at here. This new age of, of MMA where the things that should be happening aren't happening. It's, it's a very, it's a very strange time that we're in and it would on any given Sunday or Saturday, I would think that Alexa Grosso, given the pedigree of opponent experience, all things considered, would go in and piece up Macy Barber. I believe it's too big of a test too soon. And I think it's a bigger fight than Macy Barber deserves coming off mm-hmm. a loss to Roxanne Modafari. How do you go from getting beat by Roxanne Modafari mm-hmm. to being the co-main event of USC 258? I don't understand it. So what I think is that my personal opinion for this fight is I want to play the, I'm going to play probably the under two and a half. Mm. And the reason why I'm going to play the under two and a half is I'm not sold on the durability of either one of these women. Mm. Um, We have seen Grosso take damage. We have seen uh, Barber finish fights. We haven't seen Grosso finish a lot of fights. I'm not necessarily thinking that she's going to get it done, but I don't trust the knee of Barber at all. (laughs) I don't trust the chin of Grosso and I like I like bullies I'm 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 high on bullies for this this event uh and I really think that possibly under two and a half is going to be the play here I'm not sold on it yet I want to see these women weigh in I want to see them standing side by side I want to see whether or not Macy's as confident and cocky as she was going into her fight against Roxanne I need to see a lot of those things ACL injuries are brutal to come back from and she's doing so in just about a year's time i'm interested to see what she looks like i'm interested to see how she's carrying herself both of these women uh well at least grosso anyway have had weight issues in the past i need to see them make weight i need Mm -hmm. to see them stand and look at each other and then i'll think about it Uh, initial leaning grosso by decision but i'm really tempted under two and a half or macy by knockout i think the matchmakers sat in there dale and they were like they're like you know what alexa grosso struggles with one type of fighter and Macy Barber is not in that tier of fighter. That tier of fighter I'm talking about is the Tatiana Suarez's, the Carla Esparza's, those thick triple C chicks, dude. Macy dude. Barber's a thicker girl, but she's not a bully type girl. She is a bully. She no, is a bully. She, they're striking, but she's not going to wrestle heavy. She's not going to pull you up against the cage. She's going to just try and wail and try and like clip you. But and she, I just think that Macy Barber is not going to be at that tier to take Alexa Grossa out. Dude, I mean, look, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. If you look at her first three fights in the UFC, they were all finishes. She beat up Hannah Cyphers, which I don't I feel bad about Hannah Cyphers. She beat up JJ Aldrich, which is mm. Hannah Cyphers with, I don't even know if she speaks better. And then she beat up <laughs> Jillian Robertson. You know, and then we got the loss to Roxanne. Now, the thing the thing with Roxanne is Roxanne's got 40 professional fights. And I almost bet on Roxanne every single time because it's a it's a woman with 40 professional fights. Like yeah. Roxanne's an OG. She makes everybody fight ugly. She could potentially win any fight. Um, I don't even know. Maybe we do we we didn't take Roxanne for that fight, did we? Because Macy was like did. I didn't. okay. That was when we were split where I took her and she you didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I always play Roxanne. Um, yeah. you know. Yeah. Grosso is one of those, like the thing with Grosso is like, she's got like this Frankie Edgar thing where she's really durable, but she gets like her nose busted yeah. every fight. Like every fight that shit gets a bloody nose every fight, which to me says I'm hittable, right? Like, uh-huh. yeah, dude, hold on a second. How many glasses do you have around you right now? 
like six. I want to do that thing like when we exit where you go like this and you go. Another glass, dude. Yeah. You live so dangerous with all that all that liquid by your computer. Um, I've got I've got the rocks glass here. Oh I've got gosh. the mason jar. I've got the uh, the beeswax thing. If I'm gonna get really like losing next week, I'm gonna break open this bad boy. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. Well, I like listen. I, it's either Grosso by decision or Barber by knockout, or maybe just under two and a half. And then I'm just liking whatever I, you know, I'm just hoping for a finish. But we'll see. Like I said, I got to see them look at each other. All right. Let's check out the main event of the evening. Kamara Usman, seventeen and one. Gilbert Burns, nineteen and three. Thoughts and prayers to the headphone users. You users, you clanging them glasses around. Uh, Usman at minus two eighty. Burns at a plus two forty. Over under on rounds here. Trey is at four and a half. I'm going to lead with this one here because I, yes. I've already got a big parlay in place um, that has Burns in it. It started right. on the last event. It carries through this one. Yes. I have Proceed. Gilbert Burns in it. Listen, here's the thing about this fight. We have tried. I have tried. I've reached out to the DMs of just about every fighter that will give us the time of day to see if I could get some sort of insight as to who was getting the better of the exchanges whenever these yes. guys would train with each other. Yep. Nobody is coming off and giving us any sort of like hard concrete evidence to say, yeah, Burns used to jack him up. Usman yeah. used to jack him up. What I get was, or what we got was, is that the sparring rounds were always super competitive. Now, taking that, and I look at it, all things considered equal, who switched camps? Who moved across the country? Usman went to go to elevation. Exactly. Now, if you thought that you were going to ride high into the sunset and what you had was going to work, why would you leave? Mm. The hero doesn't leave mm -hmm. and let the bad guy have the city. Mm -hmm. the, the hero chases the bad guy out of town. And if you're the champ and you're already there, why would you leave? You're already the champ. Like any gym in the world would go, hey, Marty's the champ. He's already here. If you guys are going to fight each other, you can't do that here. Okay, but look at it this way. What do you think is a better camp, Sanford MMA or Team Elevation with Trevor Whitman? It's not a matter who I think is a better camp. Why would you leave your coaches, everything that you've got going on, and remove yourself from comfort to fly to the other side of the country, meet new people, and start all over again? Sometimes you got to get different looks. Why do you need different looks if you're getting the if you're getting the best of them in sparring? Because there's not a glass ceiling for every fighter. Sometimes you got to break through that and find a whole nother level. Kamara Usman arguably has not, well, not arguably, has not lost a round since the Colby Covington fight. Prior to that, he lost he that fight. He, he knocked Colby out. It doesn't matter what <laughs> we think. That's, that's, I love Colby Covington. I thought Colby had that fight. Had the knockdowns not happened and Mark Goddard not stopped the fight, I think that Colby could have possibly won that fight. But let's be real here. Usman won that fight, okay? He knocked him down tw twice that round, and then he finished him, okay? doesn't matter what happened in the first four rounds prior to that. Before that, Usman hasn't lost a round in the UFC, man. There is no reason to, to fix something that's not broken. You want to try to fix something that's not broken, you turn out like Jordan Spieth with a busted swing, and now you can't win anything. That's what happened if you try to fix things that aren't broken. Kamar Usman, if he was winning these rounds and if he was getting the better of Gilbert Burns, he would not have left. He would have done a John Jones, Rashad Evans and said, Rashad, you got to go, right? Mm. Both of them were at Jackson Wink. And what happened when they got close to fighting? Who left? The guy that was getting worked in sparring. Yeah. And Rashad Evans. And you know what happened when they fought? Mm. 
Jones kicked the shit out of him. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm going Burns. Every th- every fiber of my being says go with go with Usman here. But I can't ignore facts. And what I see as facts is that Usman tucked tail and left town. And if he was winning the sparring rounds and he was doing what he was supposed to do and he was making the adjustments in training and he wasn't afraid that Burns was going to beat him, he would have had Burns leave. He would have pulled rank and had him get out of there. You don't think there's any other thing, any other gyms out there in the world that would want a black belt, the level of Gilbert Thorino Burns to come in and help them out and give their fighters good looks? Not to mention the fact, not to mention the fact is that Burns fought at 155 and came up to 170. Usman could easily fight at 185, or if he really feels like it when he's 40, probably dominate 205. There is not, short of being in some sort of internment camp, Kamara Usman ain't making 155 pounds, bro. Well, that's the thing, too. Jorino's going to have that crazy BJJ that we don't ever really get to see um, utilized as much. Um, His striking, though, like where he needs to make his improvements, dude, he has his striking under the tutelage of probably the greatest striking coach out there in Henry Hooft. So I think that his camp suits him really well. I think he's fully prepared for this. The only thing that makes me nervous is Kamara Usman. He isn't notorious for a decision. The guy has nine of 11 uh, decisions. He has great takedown defense. He's got a great cardio tank. He's going to have a five-inch reach advantage. So he's going to keep you a distance. And if he gets pushed up against the cage, he knows how to keep his butt up, you know, go sideways, make sure he negates any of that stuff going around him. I think he can prolong this fight. I'm more interested in the over-under. I know it's set at four and a half. And when you look at someone like Burns, who's an absolute killer, I just don't think it matters. I think that Usman's durable enough to get past there. I see this thing going on the over. Um, I'm not so interested in picking a win-loss Usman versus Burns because I think Usman can't get this thing done. I think he is going to be able to move around and utilize that footwork. We've seen Gilbert Burns not be the aggressor. We've seen him in fights be actually played to the rhythm of someone else in his uh, Tyron Woodley fight. Yeah. Like he just played to Tyron's pace a little bit. It was a very slow drawn out fight. I think that Kamara Usman can drag him into those deep waters, elongate this fight, get this to o- over four and a half. And, you know, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. I could see one of those situations going down swimmingly. Of all, um, if all, all things considered, I would possibly, sprinkle and you know me i love my sprinkles i would sprinkle a little bit on a draw play here oh two guys listen two guys that know each other as well as these these guys do are going to come in and they're going to be cautious Mm -hmm. right part of the reason why Usman left is he wanted to put some new tricks in the bag that burns wasn't going to be aware of yep part of burns's camp now their job is to figure out those tricks and the only way he's going to figure those out is by spacing himself and trying to see the looks that Usman is going to give him. I think that it's highly possible. I think, I think you're dead on dead on the the money here. I think over four and a half is a good play. Um, I think even Kamara Usman by decision is a good play. I don't think he finishes Gilbert Burns unless Gilbert Burns gasses out and we get some sort of late sloppy blood porn from the mouth, Colby Covington style finish. I think if you're going to play Usman, those are the two ways to play him. But for me, everything in me is saying, I like Burns. I'm going to take him at the plus 240 because I think it's good money. I might hedge with an over the four and a half. I might even, you know, depending on maybe a different parlay or something like that, if I can get a good multiplier in there, maybe Usman by decision, 
I'm not sure what it's going to look like come the bet slip, but picking winners and losers, you know me, I love wrestlers. I love dominant wrestlers more than anything else. Every part of me says bet Kamara Usman. You don't bet against him until you see him lose, but there's something fishy in the water here. It'd be the most 2021 thing ever if Gilbert Burns beat him. So I'm yep. going to lean Gilbert Burns. It's a pretty strong lean. Like I said, I put him in that parlay. Uh, so I'm going to go Gilbert Burns for the time being, but we might throw a variable in there uh, at the last second with a, with a hedge or something like that. So, Dale, should I put my entire balance on draw? Please don't do that. Okay. What is the What are the draw odds? Do you have them pulled up? No, but okay. I, I'm down to do it. It's just like roulette, dude. Double green, zero, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, just, I think there's something to that, um, especially if we're we're going to continue on with the 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 100 to 1K challenge, a 10 buck play on that, dude. I can't even imagine what those odds are. It's got to be it's got to be somewhere around the plus plus 3500 range. So that will be on my slip. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's if of all the fights looking at this card, I think that that's one that you could probably put them on. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So in between here, um, before we get into the prelim card. Uh, actually, yeah, let's, oh, let's, shit. it's yeah. about to get hot in here, dude. Let's, 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 let's start this thing and then, uh, we'll, we'll sprinkle in some fights as well. So producer Jake, do your magic. Oh shit. I made it. You made it. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I, I love people that show up late on their, for their second day to work. <laughs> now wait just a minute i have three more minutes before i'm late i'm still within my margins and i signed on 10 minutes ago so that's true you did yeah. you had to wait for a spot <laughs> we appreciate you joining us kate uh as always it was an interesting weekend uh we saw reem get beat we saw uh, uh, we saw frankie souls get snatched out of his body uh, body oh yeah, left his body heart. yeah so let's see we brought you on. I'd like for you to live up to your namesake. Let's get, let's, uh, let's start with four hot takes. Like, give, me, give me your first one. What do you got? Well, I, I didn't have a whole lot for the fight card because I'm going to be honest. Like I, I was like too disappointed to even function that mm. Frankie lost. Like I love him so much. He's one of the, I was very much a casual up until maybe about four years ago, but I knew Frankie Edgar. Like right. he was one of my favorites. So Rest watching that happen to him was, was gut wrenching. And I don't think I've seen another fighter more disappointed to beat somebody than mm. Sandhagen. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I mean, he was just devastated, Right. <laughs> you know, poor guy. Uh, so a lot of my observations come very much from playing in the MMA community. Okay. Uh, and I got to say, they're really, they're really disappointing me these days uh, because I don't think I've seen any fighter with a longstanding record and millions of fans get more quickly dismissed than Tony Ferguson is dismissed right now. Mm. Like, He's just been shut out. No one cares. They don't want to hear about it. Oh, he's over. He's finished. He needs to retire. I've seen all of this nonsense. And I'm like, um, until Justin Gaethje, he had not lost since 2013. And these weren't like decisions, mind you. These were full on wipes, finishes across the board. Dude had a really unorthodox style, still has, and a and a tank that could not be beat. And even before that, I want to say it was like 2009, 2010. It's like he's had one loss 
since 2009. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, because he's lost to arguably one of the best fighters ever in Justin Gaethje, you know, certainly a title contender. And Oliveira, who's also now totally up for title contention since he's lost to those two guys. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden, Tony Ferguson is finished. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm, I'm, Lord, I don't even have words for it. And now I've been hearing rumors that Kevin Lee wants to run it back. And I'm going, uh -huh. okay, I'll take that. Uh -huh. I, I, I'm taking Tony all day. Kevin Lee can't, can't fight on the ground. Go right ahead. Do that one again. God. So, so the, so the succinct to, to succinctly put your take here is that you think that Tony Ferguson is being disrespected. He's still yes. an elite fighter Yep. and he, people should put some respect on his name. Absolutely. If, if for nothing else, what his, his work already has his, been, his, like his body his of work okay. already is okay. Like you can't stack that up and go, right. Oh, I lost. Like, I mean, like people are saying that about cowboy as well. And when he fought mm -hmm. Conor McGregor, there were plenty of people saying that, but there were still lots of people saying, Oh, he could beat him. Maybe like, you don't know. There are still people that bet on him. There are still people that picked him. How anybody is putting Tony Ferguson in the in the he should retire, he's washed up. Get out of here. No. I am. No. I am. I no. am. No. So Trey, Trey, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a chance to go ahead and put your put your two cents in here before I before I take put my, my two cents on this hot take here. Yeah, I just think I'll be honest, Kay. I look I look at it that way too. Sure, I'd sprinkle on I'm always gonna think that. Tony Ferguson's great, but I think we saw something in his last two fights that was mm. like the, ero the erosion. I'm going to say it, dude. I sound, I'm saying it. The erosion of what he was. Like, you see him, when he gets knocked out by Gaethje, he does this thing where he kind of shakes his head like a wet dog. When you saw him get armbarred by Charles Oliveira, he got up and he kind of shook like a, like a wet dog. I think he's out of his element. He's not to true form anymore, and I think that the level of the MMA fighter has surpassed him. He did great at his time at his time it's past his time he's past his prime that rhymes that's all i'm saying i think i think listen i'm gonna go ahead and say this go ahead. i think tony's record's padded i do believe it's padded um i and i say that i listen i'm just gonna rattle this off for you real quick okay, okay. to your point you know the, the losses since 2009 great right but look at who he's beating okay he beat eve edwards i need you to disassociate for a second legendary status of the game and what they've did at other time points in their career versus where they were at when Tony fought them. Okay. So he lost to Michael Johnson, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mike, that his is who he beat. Mike Rio, Casanori Kakuno, Danny Castillo. Danny Castillo was about to retire. Abel Trujillo. Abel Trujillo never lived up his to his potential. And he's a pedophile. Gleason Tebow. Gleason Tebow had nearly... 50 fights on his record at that time, but was still considered a gatekeeper. Josh Thompson, former champ in a different promotion, but was on the tail end of his career. And then he beat Edson Barboza, who is already the most gatekeeper of gatekeepers, right? There is no gate oh. without Edson Barboza standing in front of it. Oh. A last second replacement in Lando Venata, a Rafael Dos Anjos that couldn't make up whether or not he was a lightweight or a welterweight, overrated Kevin Lee, tail end of his career, Anthony Pettis, who decided... 
hold on a second. Anthony Pettis that decided he wanted to be a brawler and he wasn't. He got beat at his own game. And then 107-year-old Donald Cerrone. I don't think that Tony Ferguson was ever as great as people made him out to be. I believe the record to be a little bit padded. And I'm not saying any of that. I'm not going to argue any of those Please don't. Things. I'm a little bit better saying... than the wet dog. Just a little <laughs> bit better. That was, a, right. that was an excellent an analogy. I, I remember exactly the moment that you're talking about. Uh, I, I don't want to sit here and make excuses about the Gaethje fight. I had a lot of theories as to why that one went down the way that it did. But ultimately, Gaethje's the better fighter. Like, I'm not arguing any of those points. And I'm not going to argue that his his record may or may not be padded. I don't like it when people argue that about Khabib either. Uh, Khabib. So I'm, I'm, I try really hard to pronounce Khabib. I don't like saying Khabib now that I've heard so many other people say it. Anyway. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna, and I'm not gonna sit here. I'm certainly not gonna sit here and argue with Dale on stats right. and records and, and, you know, <laughs> I'm out of my, I'm out of my depth in that. That's okay. What I, what I am going to say is that I don't think it's impossible for him to have some self-reflection, realize that the the space has changed. The sure. game has changed. There's a lot more well-rounded fighters that have a lot of talents that he just wasn't coming across, you know, okay. 10 years ago, 15 years ago. He had the striking and he had the ground game. So he was ahead of the curve in that sense. Right. But I don't think that it's impossible for him to go back, reflect, you know, maybe take a good self-assessment and say, these are the things that I need to work on. Maybe don't cut weight just for the hell of it. Yeah. A wild man. But he does. <laughs> so he said he's switching up camps and that's fine. Good. So he's going to switch up camps for the next one. Be good to go. All right. So. That being said, we got three more that we're going to get from you. Trey's under a little bit of a time crunch this evening because he's like one foot in the door, one foot out the door with the show, which is why we got John Anik coming on because Anik's yeah. all in. So let's let's break down some fights real quick so we can get through this card. Miranda Maverick, eight and two, taking on Jillian Robertson at nine and five. Boy, I like Miranda Maverick, and she's a bully. Minus 138, taking on Jillian Robertson, the Savage herself, at plus 118. Over on run rounds is at two and a half. Initial leanings, Trey are Miranda Maverick, but Jillian Robertson by sub is always a tasty proposition. Yeah, dude. Jillian is probably the best women's top fighter on the planet in regards mm. to groundwork. She'll lay heavy. She won't let you do anything. I don't know if she'll actually snatch up the submission, but Miranda Maverick, man, I really like her. Um, she beat my chick Pearl Gonzalez back in Invicta days, which broke my heart. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Little San Diego native there. But um Miranda Maverick, she's going to have the reach advantage. Um, she's going to have a little bit more of like the weight coming into it. I like that she's going to have control. I think she's going to be able to kind of swim out of anything if she gets her butt on the mat. Um, I think from a striking perspective, which Jillian has always struggled with, I think she's going to piece her apart. So here's the thing with Jillian Robertson is I feel like she took a decent um, amount of damage in the Talia Santos fight. Uh, so that's a quick yeah. turnaround as far as I'm concerned, because that was back in December. She's making a quick turnaround, and I thought she got beat up pretty bad in that fight. So it'll be interesting to see how she responds against somebody that's going to have the physical strength advantage of a Miranda Maverick, who's going to come out and try to put hands on her. If you look at her fight against Alana uh, Jojo, or however you say her last name, she's a bully. And while Zizou. she was a... Jojo? 
Zhao. Zhao. Okay. Uh, and while it was <laughs> while it was a slow start, she once she got into the groove, she started unleashing elbows. The combinations were flowing. She got the jitters out of the way. She's not flying anywhere. She's not going over to Dubai to fight. She's staying right here in the good old U.S. of A. America, and I think she's going to be able to get it done in the hot desert heat on Saturday night, man. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Next fight, Gabe Green taking on Phil Rowe. Gabe Green at 9-3, and three, taking on Phil Rowe at 7-2. and two. I know I'm pushing a pace here, but Trey, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got stuff you got to do. All right. So, Phil Rowe, plus 117. Gabe Green, minus 137. Over on the rounds at 2.5. Philly Fresh, Phil Rowe. 6'3", 80-inch reach. Uh, taking on Gabe Green, who's a little bit on the T-Rexy side. Um, <laughs> Phil Rowe, can he get it done on Saturday night? I know you're leaning Gabe Green, but I think I'm leaning towards Philly Fresh himself, man. Gabe Green, it's kind of like what we talked about. He had a two-year layoff before his fight, most recently Daniel Rodriguez. So he already got clipped. He understands what the ring rust is. He got rid of that. Phil Rowe, though, he's lost his first. He lost his first two like pro bouts. Um, he's been on a run ever since he was in the Contender Series he he's a guy that's it's going to be way more disciplined on the feet. He's going to have better footwork. He's going to be faster around the cage. The thing that I'm worried about is the heavy strikes that green has. He's mm. a guy that just lays down on that back foot and just leans in. And if he leans in, he's going to clip you and you're going to go to sleep. I think that green got a wake up call in his first fight back after two years. He's going to lay into those heavy shots, and I just don't think that Rowe is going to be able to withstand that. I think that he's going to have the length, the reach, you know, the movement, and the technical work. I don't think he's going to have the chin. Like I said, and I always have this issue with tall guys. Don't fight like a tall guy. Tall guys, when they fight little guys, they just they they think that the easiest way to get away is to pull that head back, and that's when you get caught. So uh, as long as as long as Phil Rowe doesn't fight like a tall guy. He'll be just fine on Saturday. He'll probably, well, he is showing up on my slip on Friday. All right. Brian Kelleher, boom, 22 and 11, taking on Ricky Simone at 17 and three. One of the strongest, greasiest Mississippi mud flaps in the game in Ricky Simone. My man is bringing the, that, that drip on Saturday night. Kelleher plus 206, Ricky Simone minus 241. Over under rounds at two and a half. Trey, I like under two and a half here, man. I like the power of boom. I like the boomatine, that little choke he does. And then I like Ricky Simone with the wrestle-heavy approach to put it on him, get that GMP stoppage, bro. I like under two and a half here, which call me crazy. I think it might be a little tasty of a play. Um, but I like Ricky Simone outright. And I think the wrestle-heavy, high-cardio approach is going to is gonna you know excel in the apex. And he's going to just smother like a wet... Hispanic blanket all over Brian mm-hmm. Kelleher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> Kelleher. Oh, dude, don't don't throw that Hispanic stuff in there. He's all <laughs> spicy. Um, yeah, the only thing that makes me worried about Ricky Simone is that wrestle heavy style. While I think he'll be able to outgrind Kelleher when you go in for those wrestle shoots, dude, you go for those doubles. You lay your ear up against that person's waist. You're susceptible to what is a guillotine, and that's what Brian Keller has in true spades. So I'm worried about that. Every time he shoots in, I'm going to be holding my breath a little bit, but I think that he can outwork him. I think that uh, you know Ricky didn't take much damage, obviously, in his last fight. I think this is his kind of glass ceiling, though. I don't think that Ricky Simone's going to go on a tear after Brian. I think this is kind of like where he fits. Mm-hmm. When he's met with true opposition and true legitness, <clears throat> Faber, he just gets decimated, dude. He gets slept. I think this is it. Gosh, this is a, a good paycheck stoppage. for him. 
It was such a bad stoppage. Oh my! We can't stay on this all day, but you know that that was a bad stoppage. No, you know what? I, I'll stay on here for an hour to defend that. <laughs> all I'm saying is, I think that um, I, I like your play with the under. If it's is it two and a half? Yeah, two and a half. Two I like the under two and a half here. I think Ricky on a quick turnaround is going to really just try and lay it on Kelleher, and I don't think Kelleher was up to the task outside that guillotine. This thing's going to get done. It's going to get done quick. Ricky Simone. Dude, he's that point break freaking flea from uh, awesome, Red dude. Hot Chili Peppers. And he, he, it's tapered in, so it's longer. Like it's, it, dude, it's it's really. It hasn't sweet. been washed or conditioned in years. Years, bro. It's got that natural flow. All right, Kate, who do you like in this fight? Just give me a winner or a loser. I got Ricky. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All day. Ricky. Excellent. And then, who's the best rapper in the UFC? Brian Kelleher or Tyron Woodley? <laughs> Woodley. Dumb. You think Woodley's a better rapper than Brian Keller? <laughs> Kelleher spits bars. Right. <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> Don't say spit bars. Uh, he does. He just... All right, Mallory Martin taking on Pollyanna Viana. Uh, Mallory Martin at seven and three. Pollyanna Viana at eleven and four. I've never been more confused about a fighter than I am about Pollyanna Viana. Man, plus one thirty-one. Mallory Martin minus one fifty-one. Over unders at two and a half. I get. I'm going to be honest with you. I get Pollyanna Viana. And Ariana Lipsky mixed up in my mind every time I have to look up a picture of them every single time to make sure that I'm talking about the right person. It's almost like when somebody asks you to put things in alphabetical order and you have to say the ABCs to get to that letter mm. to figure out where you're at. That's how I feel about Pollyanna and Ariana Lipsky. I have got to figure out who they are. So I had to look this up. Um, Pollyanna is the chick that beat up the dude that tried to rob somebody or was like a drunk guy or something like that. She pieced up that guy. The pictures of him all over the internet, his face oh, all yeah. jacked up. Um, but she's taking on Mallory Martin. Mallory Martin, in my opinion, has failed to live up her to her potential as far as I'm concerned because she's lost me a bunch of money every time I bet on her. Um, but she did win her last fight. and I did, I did cash on her there, so I am happy about that. But it puts her in line to be a win-one-lose-one fighter, so I'm going to lean towards the underdog here in Pollyanna. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do this one's tough because this is probably of the entire card. The one fight that there is a pink slip waiting on Pollyanna's locker. Ooh, she you think had, so? Yeah, dude. She had Ooh, three losses juicy. before she picked up her most recent win against Emily Whitmire. And we remember in the Emily Whitmire fight, Emily Whitmire didn't fight how she, Emily fights. She mm. looked just tired. She didn't look really mm. into it. Invest, she wasn't very invested. Mm -hmm. Pollyanna, She's fighting Mallory Martin, who's one and one. And like you said, Mallory has never lived up to the hype. This is the UFC matchmaker saying, hey, we're giving you one more shot to prove your worth. But, you know, you're on a three-fight lo losing skid. You picked up the Emily fight that was not very entertaining in the slightest. Mm. This is it. And I think that on the ground, Mallory Martin's going to have the advantage here. I think that she's going to have the grapple-heavy style to slow this fight down and not allow Pollyanna to actually utilize any of her striking it's going to be a very slow affair, but I think that Mallory's going to eke out a decision here. You know, I just thought of too. Mm. Mallory Martin's team elevation. That's I can't, farm. I, I can't, I can't go against a team elevation person. Can't do it. Can't do it. All right. I'm switching my pickup. Calling an audible. I'm going Mallory Martin minus 151. All right. Switching it up. I told you I bet on her every single time she fights because she's mean. It's very rare to see a girl that's mean, like genuinely mean and Kate, have uh, you ever been mean like ever bro are you kidding bro what that was actually kind of mean right there that's okay she <laughs> has not talked to me as much as dale has talked to me i've already been mean to dale so that's true fair enough fair enough i'm cool with that though 
All right. Teddy Bear, come on. Come on. All right. Next fight on the card, Diego Lima taking on Bilal Muhammad. I hate to use the word lock, right? I hate <laughs> to use the word lock. Uh, Diego Lima, 15 and 7. Bilal Muhammad at 17 and 3. If I were going to call any fight on this card a lock, oh, dude. this might be it. Fade it. <laughs> dude. You said the L word, dude. It's guaranteed. I know, but I freaking <laughs> this is this is a battle of the noses. And it is, I mean, there are not two dudes in the UFC that look more like they run around with prosthetics on their face than Bilal Muhammad and Diego Lima. Now that means nothing as far as their fight style is concerned, right? But what I do know is that Bilal Muhammad has the ability to make any fight his fight. It doesn't matter what your style is. It doesn't matter what your cardio is. It doesn't matter what your specialty is. When you fight Bilal Muhammad, you fight Bilal Muhammad's fight. That's what you get. Now, he's got three losses, so you can beat Bilal Muhammad, but you have to beat him at his own game. It can be done, but it does not happen often. I do not think Diego Lima is the guy to get that done. He does not solve that puzzle. Diego Lima loses on Saturday night. Take Bilal Muhammad. I take him by decision. I'm out. It's a wet blanket, dude. Yep. Bilal Muhammad just wears you. Like, and he just, he literally is heavy on your shoulders. He drains the cardio tank. And Diego Lima has not had a historically great cardio tank. This is a lock. Yeah. Now, the flip side of that, if it's Douglas Lima, I take Douglas versus anybody. I'm taking, like, you, you to give me, you give me the other Lima, bro. I'm telling you, when that, when that dad, when dad, mom created the Lima brothers, all the talent went the first time. Yep. One Everything went to else. Private. One went to public. Everything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, bro. A hundred percent. All right. Anthony Hernandez, Fluffy himself, seven and two, taking on your boy Hadolfo Vieira. Oh, uh, your boy Kate. Hadolfo at six and zero. Oh. Looks like he was carved out of granite. Yes. In a Brazilian romance novel. Look at Trey sweating through his shirt, just Can talking about him. Adolfo. Adolfo Even the name sounds like it should be yeah. on a romance yeah. novel. So, 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 Trey, Trey, get the mop out, clean it up. Who do you think is going to win this fight on Saturday night? <laughs> the four-time IBJJF champion. Oh, dude, he's a Greek god, is what he is, dude. Statue of David in living form. This guy. <laughs> My gosh, dude, he, he enters the cage and he's just so scary looking. And what are you going to do? All you can do is strike. If you slip on a banana peel, you're fucked. You slip on that banana peel, someone Mario Kart's one of those things out there, you are done, dude. Adolfo will grab a calf, a wrist, a leg, a nose, an earlobe, whatever he's going to do, and he will submit you. This guy is such a force. I can't even begin to tell you. He should be more active. He's coming off a rib injury. I don't know if that's like a grappling thing like issue, but this guy's going to be active. He's going to be a threat in this division. This is just a tune-up fight. You had a lock in Bilal. You will see Hadolfo, even though he's at a minus 400. I am going to play him on everything. I'm going to put him with my draw. I'm going to do everything, dude. I'm going to pair this guy parlayed everywhere. Adolfo Vieira for president, dude. Dude, so Adolfo <laughs> by sub, Bilal by decision, and a draw in the main event. That's the parlay. Throw throw all your money on it. That's it. That's the, that's the parlay. So that's dirty. It. All right. Love it. 
let's do the featured prelim so you can roll out of here, man. Bobby Green at 27 and 11. Jim Miller at 32 and 15. A wealth of experience between both of these men. Uh, the consummate competitors, the consummate professionals. I've been down on Bobby Green a lot. I did not like him for the longest time. And I, he's one of those guys that what I need to do is I need to stay away from him. As long as I stay away from him, I continue to like him. But like if we follow him on Instagram or I check on him on Twitter or I listen to him after his fight, it makes me hate him again. Yes. So I got to stop. So I watch him fight and I just, and then when it's done, I either change the channel or I go get something to drink, refill the, you know, the, the, the glass and then come back. I just can't deal. I can't deal with him. Uh, but as a fighter, I, I do like his performance as of recent in the cage. He does seem to have turned over a new leaf. He seems to be entering, which is weird with a guy that nearly 40 fights on his record, entering his prime. Jim Miller uh, is starting to tail off a little bit, but he's always dangerous. Subs are always a real thing. His durability is, is, is unheralded, but I do believe Bobby Green has got the keys to win this fight. I think his wrestling defense is just good enough, and I think his boxing is just threatening enough to keep Jim Miller on his toes and get things done on Saturday night, maybe inside the distance here at two and a half, because we have seen Jim Miller get stung a lot more recently. Yeah. Uh, Jim Miller is going to have to clinch heavy. He's going to try and have to wrestle this thing, get it down to the ground. Bobby Green, though, has got probably great um, wrestling defense. He's got a good takedown defense. I cannot listen to another Bobby Green emotional speech after mm, about like tough, right? kids. Dude, I just, I'm over it. I'm over it. It's been played out too much. Jim Miller, I love that freaking backwoods hunter dude to get this thing done. I just – he did not look good against Vince Bichelle, Um, and that was a guy obviously that had taken a long time off. Bobby Green's been extremely active. He's been he's been in there. He knows what pace he can push. This is a tough fight for Jim Miller. I, I'm going to stay away from this fight just because I don't, I don't think Bobby Green's as good as what – I think his, his record's a little bit padded. Uh, Jim Miller and a vet, he can easily get something done. We've seen it before with just some slick submissions. I'm going to stay away. My heart, though, Jim Miller, I'm not going to pick Bobby Green. Yeah, Jim Miller's lost seven of his last 11. Yeah. So I just, I mean, it's a lot, you know, but even then, <laughs> seven of your last 11s and on the type of number you can put out when you got 40 pro fights. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the guys, if I'm not mistaken, Jim Miller has the most fights now in the UFC, or he will mm -hmm. be, in, be in first place when he makes the walk. On Saturday, I well, 32 I, 15 and one no contest. I have to go back and look because I know it was getting pretty close, and I know Cowboy was up there too. And Cowboy's been a little bit active lately. I'd have to go back and look, but if I'm not mistaken, Jim Miller is number one as far as fights inside the octagon, hmm. which Frankie Edgar number one in total fight time, but Jim Miller total in fights, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So I'd have to go back and look. I don't know everything, Kate. All right. Trey, are you sticking or are you bowing out? I, sir, have to bow out. Right. But um, thank you for putting me in competition with John Anik in a couple weeks. Yeah. There's Get no pressure. That, dude. I'll take him down. There's I've got no a way pressure. better stash than him. You know it. You you, know I know it. you do. And your biceps are bigger. And you <laughs> smell better than he does. And you have more hair than he does. Yeah. And... And he doesn't understand the format of the show, so he's going to look silly for a while. And not to mention the fact that when he comes on, I'm going to try my hardest, and I'm going to look like a tryhard, and he's going to make me look stupid. So even though you won't be here, I'll be the one that looks foolish. So you enjoy your vacation. You make sure you ask him one thing. What do you want me to ask him? I want you to ask him exactly 
what we asked one of our high profile guests in regards to movies. Do you remember? Hmm. Have you ever seen Bloodsport? No. Mm. The town or the departed, dude. The town or the departed? You want to, you know, because he's a Boston guy. Okay. I got you. All right. So we asked Kyle. Okay. Bang, bang. All right, brother. I will talk to you later on. I appreciate you. Kate, later. See you, Trey. All right. Kate, let's go through. Hit me with what else you got um, now that we've gone through the betting uh, portion of the show. Those that want to continue to hang out and let's go over some hot takes. What do you got? All right. So. Firstly, I'm going to ask you a question. Are sure. there any sports that you don't enjoy watching? I and watch I watch as much as I possibly can. Yeah, but like bowling. Would you sit down and watch bowling? I do. I actually watch bowling. Oh, my God. Okay. You're I, like the worst person for this hypothetical question. Let's I, pretend. I bet on everything, so I watch as much <laughs> as I possibly can. Okay. Well, I don't watch bowling. All right. I don't watch a lot of sports. Sure. I don't even watch football anymore, although okay. I did watch the Super Bowl. Right. I lost a lot um, of money. Go ahead. And no one would say that there's anything wrong with me if I don't enjoy a certain sport, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's your preference. No problem. Sure. Sure. So Stephen A. Smith got himself in a little Mm. bit of hot water saying that he doesn't enjoy women fighting. Sure. And I, I think he put it pretty well that he just doesn't like watching women beat on each other. He would prefer to watch men do it. He doesn't think that they shouldn't be able to or or that it should be taken away. Um, and I sat there and I went, oh, he's wrong, but he's not wrong. But he's also wrong for the wrong reasons. <laughs> right, right. I can get so, on board with that. So this is going to be a little bit convoluted for a minute so just okay stay okay I'm, I'm i'm tracking um when i watched i and calderwood yeah that fight i think was third from the top it was fourth or third from the top i can't remember i watched it with a striking coach yeah. and both he and i thought that fight was hot garbage yes correct awful just right. awful both of them looked sluggish they were heavy on the feet nothing was thrown really well sure just blech. And I was sitting there going, okay, if the point of this fight was for me to have time to go to the bathroom or get a snack or take a nap, then well done you breaking up the main event and giving me an intermission or the main card, I mean. Um, If the point of this fight was we have to be uh, diverse for diversity's sake, I really wish they'd stop it. Like stop it, stop it across the board. Right. That the biggest problem that women's MMA has right now is just a lack of a talent pool to pull from. Sure. If you go back, however many years you want to go, like men in the UFC have always had to have a certain kind of record to even get noticed. Sure. And now, especially, you got to be, seven and two, eight and oh, nine and one. Like that has to be your pro record to get on to contender series or to take a last minute fight and be a fill in, whatever. You still have to have a pretty significant looking record. Contrast that with women's MMA, where we've got records like 12 and six, six and five, <laughs> six and seven, I think someone is now. Like Sarah Morice, yeah. Yeah, of course you know. But she just got <laughs> cut. She just got cut. And listen, I understand okay, the point. Okay, good. I understand uh, the point you're making. There's a skill disparity. I get it. Right. 
for 100%. And I, I want to not see these fights get put so high up just because we have to have women. Like, yeah, it, it's getting, it's get, like, if you want to give me Valentina Shevchenko, Amanda Nunes, Thug Rose, uh, Whaley Zhang, oh my God, uh, Joanna, I'd take them right. all day long, every day, 100%. Whaley and Joanna, one of the best fights of all time. Yeah. No question. But there's not that many. And so right. for somebody to say, I don't enjoy watching it, now, to say I don't enjoy watching it just because they're women, I'm still not going to like rail on Stephen A. Smith for saying that because I don't enjoy watching a lot of things. There's right. tons of things I don't enjoy watching. Right. And I just won't. Um, I think that everybody jumping on him because it's like, oh, well, you didn't watch the greatest fights. Ah, he doesn't like it. Let him not like it. But I do think that there needs to be some sort of a conversation to the fact that there's not that many of them yet. Like, well, to, to, to interrupt no. you, I think you're answering your own issue here, um, is that there are not that many of them, and the talent pool is too shallow, yes. so you're forced to watch matchups with people of subpar talent level right. with salty records, because there is not as big of a pond to fish from. Right. Um, if you look people at, are allowed to hate it, is what I want to say. Right, of course. You're allowed to not like it. Of course. Yeah, we don't need to cancel Stephen A. Smith because he said he doesn't like watching women fight. Right. We should cancel him for being an idiot, but not because he said that. Also um, true. <laughs> yeah. So with boxing, um, boxing is a, is a great precursor uh, to what you're saying, is that the record has to be almost flawless. Um, up until recent memory, you could not even get a title fight if you had one or two losses on your record. Uh -huh. MMA, you can have quite a few um, and you can step in and boxing is a little bit more lenient depending on the weight class and the depth of the weight class. That being said, um, with women's MMA, it's a lot more shallow and the skill disparity has always been high. It started with Gina Carano um, and then Cyborg came along and showed, oh, here's a new level to this. So then right. Gina bowed out and Cyborg, for the most part, ladies like her, and Amanda Nunez, Shevchenko, and a select few others, Kayla Harrison, I think, is rapidly coming up on that, are the measuring stick for what the talent level could be. That being said, the sport is still relatively young. The sport is even younger for women. It's even younger for diversity for diversity's sake. And the problem is, because there's not a lot of people, they all have to fight each other. So when you are a 135-pound woman, it is very hard to find other 135-pound women that are professional right. fighters for you to fight. So you are eventually, like a round-robin tournament, you're going to see everybody at some point in time. Mm -hmm. So the record can get pretty salty pretty quick. I agree with you. I think that Bellator is the place for people making their pro debut, people with like 2-0 and records, 3-0 and records that are women, even losing records. I don't believe that you should have a losing record be in the UFC, man, woman, uh, X, Y, Z, Zen, whatever it is that you want to be. I don't think that you should be able to fight in the UFC with a losing record. And I think they should hold themselves to a higher standard. Right. I'm glad for at least the most part, the James Tony fights, the CM Punk fights seem to be on the back burner for the time being. Um, we're not seeing those gimmicky fights anymore. So for the most that, part. For the most part. Um, so there's that, right? Uh, but I get your point. I don't think he's wrong in saying that. 
preferably a lot of times there there are fights like the Jessica I Joanna Calderwood fight and I am a diehard haven't missed a fight since you could rent rent UFC VHS tapes from Blockbuster I have not missed a fight and the ones that I do miss I go back and I watch I have not missed anything people play punch face deal watches that's what happens there are times where like if I see a Jessica I a Joanna Calderwood a um Sarah McMahon a Vanessa Mello um a Sarah Morris um, a Julia Budd, um, an Alina Lay McFarlane, I will get up and I will go do something else and listen and then come back. So, right. um, you know, that's that's a thing. So I want to address this in the real quick. I agree with you that she should not be mentioned, but I'm saying that she's on her way up. It's hard because she's at a higher weight class. The comment says for people that are listening to the audio version of this, Kayla Harrison should not be mentioned with Nunez or Cyborg. I completely agree on a career standpoint. However, she's a 155-pound woman. Uh, she really probably can't make 145 pound. She's really, really massive for a woman. Um, I agree with you that she shouldn't be mentioned at this point in her career. But what I'm saying is if you look at her caliber of combat athlete with what she's done in the Olympic levels and judo and what she's accomplishing now being PFL champion two years in a row, regardless of how you feel about the PFL, it is a championship. It is a still a mid-major organization. It is something to be respected in that regard. Level of competition, not great at all. I completely concede that point. But when it's all said and done, maybe Kayla gets up there. But the level of talent that she has, the level of skill she possesses is setting the benchmark higher for women to play catch up to if they want to be competitive. That was my point. But I agree with what you're saying, MMA super fan. All right. We're over an hour and 15 minutes at this point. Give me one more. I know we usually get four. Give me one oh, more. Okay. I suppose I, I suppose I can save one of these for, for next time. That's fine. Okay. Uh, the one that I, the one that I really want to talk one that I really want to talk about is a, uh, I and I think you saw this comment, yeah. but uh, John Jones is about as insecure as sure. a fourteen-year-old girl sure. who thinks she's fat and ugly, sure. but is a size four with a great rack and a great ass. All she needs is like a good haircut or something, right. and like he's a ten. Yeah, and like, bro, why are you whining? Yeah, well. He wants validation. Amazing. Anyone who knows anything at all knows that he is amazing. Why does he care what these drooling troglodytes have Ooh, to say? Great word. The reason why he cares is because he's the youngest child. Um, <laughs> that's why he cares. Listen, he is the youngest child in a family of professional athletes. He needs validation. Have you? Are you? Are you an only? Are you an only child? Oh uh, no, I'm the oldest. So you're the oldest. So you have youngers, right? Mm -hmm. So your younger siblings, do they not constantly need validated? Were they not always mommy and daddy's little shining superstar? Oh, no, that was me. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So no, but my sister, both, uh, like, I would say the middle child, maybe, but, like, she doesn't give a fuck about any of us. Um, and my youngest sister did everything better than any of us. Right. So, uh, and I don't think my brother cares either. So he needs, so John Jones needs the validation of it. And here's the problem. If you are John Jones, it is a little bit of a slight when you look at who he's beaten versus who Khabib's beaten. But the problem is, is that at a certain point, you feed the trolls long enough and you hope that they'll close their, their hungry mouths. But the MMA fan base as a whole, the more you feed them, the more friendly they become. They're like bears at Yellowstone. If you right. feed them at all, you create a problem. And Never that's what he's done. He's, he's fed the bears too much, and now he can't stop. 
So he just leans into it further and further. And here's the thing. Here's what I love about John Jones. I don't like a lot about him, but he, um, he did for, you know, one point in time, he would post something and then he would turn the comments off on his Instagram. So you couldn't say oh, yeah, anything about it. Um, so he still does it from time to time, but he Floyd Mayweather does that as well. So it's his way of sort of shutting out the noise. Um, but listen, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. It's John Jones. You took steroids knowingly and unknowingly, picogram, whatever, supplemental amounts, dick pills. I don't care what it was. You have a negative steroid test or a positive steroid test on your record. It's an asterisk. It's a Barry Bonds asterisk for me. Mm. Outside of that, he's the greatest. He's the greatest fighter up until this point in history. I can't say of all time because time is not done yet. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I can't say that. For my opinion, pound for pound, dollar for dollar, clean for clean, Demetrius Johnson, Henry Cejudo, as much as he's cringeworthy as hell, D DJ and Henry Cejudo are, are, are my two picks. But it's um, too subjective. First it's too subjective, right? Like, you can't you can't get into that argument. We'll be here. We can't get into that argument because it's too subjective. What right. what are we talking about? Title defenses? Are we talking about damage? Are we talking about opponents beaten? Sure. Finishes versus sure. decisions? There's too many things. But the point there is, you don't have the goat conversation. You let other people have it for you. Mm, that's a good point. Yes, yeah. He's not out there railing about how people called Khabib the goat. What the hell does he care? Like you let other people speak on your behalf. And every single time that John Jones comes out and says one of these things, I just want to shake him and be like, look, have the trash talk, call people out, be the bad guy that we know that you can be sure. like, go back to your roots. It'll be awesome. Have your fights, but please, for the love of God, stop caring yeah. so hard it's yeah. so cringy it just is so cringy and i and i like him as a fighter i don't even i don't even necessarily put the asterisk because as far as i'm concerned he's got the highest fight iq of anybody to step in there so far like i you don't see anybody else do what he can do which is spend two minutes watching your game and then systematically systematically dismantle your game and use it against you. Sure. It's unreal what sure. he can do. So I want to give him all the credit, but he makes it so hard. He's a trash human. He's, he's a great fighter. He's a trash human. So I'll, just, I'll put it at that. All right. Appreciate everybody that tuned into the show. Thanks, Kate, for coming on. If you guys want to, uh, if you don't already, follow us at Punchlist MMA on Instagram, all social media channels, anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Google Hangout. I don't care. We have it. It's at Punchlist MMA. Um, you can follow us there. If you want to email us and tell us how much you love us or hate us, please do so at chat at Punchlist MMA. Um, and we are three iTunes away, iTunes reviews away, five stars, written review, leave it. And we're doing a giveaway with both Beer Money and Allegiance Clothing. We got John Anik hopefully coming on the show the beginning part of March, all things considered. And then we will be giving away Modelo and or sorry or p3 protein snacks to everybody that commented on the post today that was able to bring john anik onto the show so if you were one of those people and you're listening to the show now i want you to shoot me a dm with your venmo and whether or not you want modello or p3 and we will make that happen for you 
um, as being part of the movement that is bringing John Anik onto the show at the beginning part of March. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate you for stopping by, Kate. Appreciate you, producer Jake, for sitting in the shadows for an hour and a half. And appreciate everybody that tunes in the live stream. If you don't tune in the live stream on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern time, please do so. It's a can't miss kind of thing. On top of that, thanks to everybody that continues to download and support the show wherever you can. Merch is coming soon. I love you. I appreciate you. Be good to each other. Bet slips come out on Friday. I will see everybody this weekend. UFC 258, Usman versus Burns. See you guys. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.